So, nice to see you all this morning. Wonderful. Um, for those of you who don't know me, of which I think there's a few maybe, uh, I'm Steve. Nice, nice to meet you. Come and say hello to me afterwards. I'd like to meet you. Um, I've been around Hope Church actually for like 13 years now, so like a lifetime, it feels like. Um, I'm one of the leaders here involved in various things. I like doing worship. You might have seen me up there a few times. Um, but also, I'm a structural engineer. A little bit of insider information there for you. Um, so I'd just like to apologize in advance if I use an above-average number of structural analogies this morning. Um, I'm a fan of them, but I'm in good, good company because Jesus was a fan of them as well. He used to talk a lot about foundations and building on sand and stuff. So, I mean, in some ways, I'm tempted just to give you a little structural engineering lecture to aid your Bible reading in the future so you have more of an understanding of what Jesus was talking about. But good news that's not what I'm going to do. Um, I'll leave you to Google that when you get home. You can look up foundations and sand and stuff like that when you get home in your own time. I'm actually going to speak about another of my passions this morning, which maybe you'll identify with a little bit more, uh, which is worship. Um, so I'm going to be kind of finishing off, I guess, be num- the fourth uh, preach in our kind of series on uh, worship. And I was given the title of Living a Life of Worship, which I thought, okay, living a life of worship. I can, I can talk about that. That's something I'm passionate about. Um, then when I started thinking about it, I thought, okay, what, what is living a life of worship? And actually, kind of everything is living a life of worship. Uh, so what am I going to talk about? <laughs> because really, I could talk about anything. Um, so I'm going to try and cover everything this morning, you know. <laughs> whistle-stop tour of Christianity, uh, what it is to live a life uh, of worship. Um, So I might scratch the surface a little bit rather than going particularly deep, providing much theological uh, insight and stuff, but you'll just get a little bit of me this morning, I think, and a little bit of kind of what God's been challenging me on in this area um, with regards to kind of giving our lives in worship. Um, And You've probably heard people talk on this before, so I may well be just repeating stuff that you've heard said in the past, but that's okay. Um, you know, sometimes we need to hear stuff multiple times. Ask my wife, she would say that that is true. <laughs> the more times I hear something, the more likely I am to remember it and uh, do something about it. So, uh, yeah, here we go. So I'm going to just start off by uh, starting r- with the basics. Why, why would we worship? Um, why would we worship God? Uh, and then a tiny bit of what, and then... Like, what does it look like to worship? Um, And then share kind of my challenge that kind of God's been challenging me about the past few months. And I'm generously going to share that with you. So that will become your challenge. Um, And then hopefully we'll have some time to respond. Well, we're going to make time to respond at the end before we need to go and get kids. Uh, So that's the plan. So uh, why? Why would we worship? Hmm. Um, we know, don't we, that worship is is more than the songs. Uh, I think we're all aware that that it's more than the songs. That it's actually uh, even more than flag waving. Uh, my daughter tried to give me a flag there during the service. I was thinking, uh, okay, thanks. <laughs> she said, you know, you've got to wave it, Dad. I was like, 
Okay. Um, but yeah, flag waving, love it. If, you, if, if I'm in my own room with a flag, which hasn't happened very often, but it's actually quite liberating. Give it a go. Um, but worship is more than even uh, charismatic flag waving. <laughs> um, it is so much more. So the thing that came into my head, the verse that came into my head when I saw the title, uh, Living a Life of Worship, was Romans 12, verse 1, uh, which I'm sure you've all heard before, uh, which says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercies, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Um, I looked up a couple of translations. So the Passion Translation says, uh, Beloved friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? To surrender yourselves to God, to be his sacred living sacrifices, to live in holiness experiencing all that delights his heart, for this becomes your genuine expression of worship. Now, that's actually a little bit more extreme than, than uh, singing songs, um, which I do love, by the way. I actually love, love singing songs. But it is, it is more than that. He's not just asking for that. He's actually asking for, for us um, when he's uh, calling us to worship um, to be a living sacrifice. So you know, what, what is a sacrifice? Um, it might look like getting up to get both the kids up, giving your wife a lion. Uh, that's what it looks like for me sometimes. Or, you know, you might think of giving someone your last Rolo. Um, another example would be when I've tried to do action songs in the past, and I've seen some of you really sacrifice in giving it a go, doing some actions that has looked like the biggest sacrifice in the world, to be honest. <laughs> but I appreciate it. Um, but the, the readers of this would have had like the Old Testament lens of what a sacrifice was. So looking back at like the temple, uh, basically, which a sacrifice, I mean, I don't know, we might have seen the blood flowing under the door. It's a pretty severe thing, a sacrifice, all the animals, the rams and the sheep and the pigeons and stuff, um, basically being killed um, as a sacrifice to, to God to cover over our sins. Um, and Jesus said, if a man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily, every morning. I mean, these images are pretty extreme, aren't they? Like, it's life and death um, sorts of stuff, and not just, not just once, but actually he's called us to pick up our cross daily to follow him. Um, again, not to belittle the little things, like the little sacrifices, I mean, God absolutely loves them. Like, if we're faithful in the small things, he, he loves it. That's, he talks about that. Um, but he's actually asking for our whole hearts. Um, he said, Jesus said, A time is coming and has now come where true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshippers must worship in spirit and truth. Um, what's interesting about that, that little verse there is that he's not actually looking for worship in there. He's looking for worshippers. Um, he's looking for worshippers who will worship him uh, in spirit and truth. So he's not actually just like this really insecure deity who needs reminding of who he is. Um, actually, he's, he's after us uh, in this whole process. Um, so the words we sing, I mean, they're, they're still good. Uh, I love singing songs. Like, and it, he says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. It's so important to thank him um, and then move into like praising him for who he is. But then like how important that we move like a step further to where we actually come to offer ourselves to him because that's, that's what he wants. He wants us. <laughs> um, as simple 
as that. Um, if we go back to that Romans 12 passage, it kind of can be translated that, that us, us giving our lives, which remember is quite an extreme thing, is actually just a reasonable response to God's mercies. Like, it's not like an extreme response. It's, it's, it's a reasonable response to what God's done for us. Um, if you read through the previous 11 chapters of Romans, which, you know, if you've got spare time this afternoon, you could do. It's a wonderful journey through God's mercies. Um, so what I'm going to do, I'm just going to remind you of some of God's mercies just now, because uh, I don't know about you, but we can become quite familiar with what God's done for us to the point where it kind of doesn't excite us anymore. <laughs> and where, you know, maybe we're not actually believing it in a day-to-day. It's just become come words to some degree. So, I mean, if we just take, you know, most famous verse in the Bible, John three sixteen, uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believe in him may not perish, but have eternal life. I mean, should we just think about that for a second? <laughs> um, like, I know it's easy to say, but like, for God so loved the world Right, that he gave his one and only son, holy moly, uh, that whoever believes in him, like just believes in him, shall not perish, but have eternal life. Flip me, man. Like, that's, that, that's truth. And if I could actually believe it, like every day, what, what would my life be like? Um, and, you know, that's not just it. He's, he's given us so much. Like, so if we think... He's blessed us. It says he's given us the kingdom of heaven. So that's a kingdom of righteousness, of peace and joy. He's given us his righteousness. He's given us his peace. He's given us his joy. He's a good father who loves to give us good gifts. You know, he, he made us. Like, you could just, you could dwell on that for, like, months. Just think, like, he made you. Like, the creator of the heavens and the earth, you know, the ones who made the stars. He actually made you. <laughs> um, and me, which... I mean, I don't know if I fully get that, but he did. Uh, he made you, and he sees you, and he knows you, and he sustains you. Like, just just breathe for a second. I know you're probably doing it anyway, but breathe. Did you feel that? That was, that was God sustaining you. <laughs> and he provides for you. Like, we're so blessed. Every good and perfect gift is from him. And he's taken all our sins on himself. So we're forgiven. Like, you're forgiven. If you believe, then you're forgiven. While we were still sinners, in fact, Christ died for us. So while we were covered in all that dirt, like Joe and Andy were talking about with like the prodigal son story, while we were covered in all that mess, Christ laid down his life for you and for me. And now, guess what? We're made new. We're new creations. So the old is gone. The new has come. We're actually like completely renewed. We're made new. Um, he gives us a hope for the future. So, uh, I don't know how, how much do we need hope at the moment, but he's actually given us a hope that we might not just survive, but that we actually get to thrive and see his kingdom come. Um, we get to walk in freedom, actually, from, from all sorts of stuff that might bind us and hold us down. Uh, and you know what? He loves you. <laughs> the creator of the heavens and the earth. Just, again, think about that for a minute. Think about, like, the last time you looked at the stars, right, and how massive they are. Think about, like, even just the moon. It's not that far away. It's actually really quite a small rock, but it's, like, floating around the earth. The God who created that, like, made you as the pinnacle of his creation, and he loves you. 
yeah, I just, what if I, like, what if I actually got that? Like, what if we understood, like, what I'm saying, like, the words that are coming out of my mouth? <laughs> what if I was able to take that in and live in such a way that I, like, truly, truly believed it? Like, these truths that I believe are true. Like, how much more do I want to believe that they are true? And I kind of truly believe that's what we all want, don't we? We all want to live like that. We all want to live uh, in the truth of what he's done for us, actually believing it. Um, you know, when I don't manage it, it's, the good news is he's also patient. He's also kind. Um, he says there's now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. You're not condemned. So this isn't a message of condemnation, like, oh, we're all falling so far short. But this uh, this morning, it's just an invitation, actually, back to our first love of uh, God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, the one who made you. It's an invitation back to him. Um, and now I know I know life is, is hard, and like the past few years, obviously, have been no exception. Uh, stuff gets in the way. I mean, uh, I saw that Collins Dictionary's word of the year for last year was a word I'd not come across. I think we've even made a word up for it. Permacrisis. Like just uh, being in crisis the whole time. And that's kind of what it feels like we've been going through um, to the point where they made up a word. Um, and that's like, it's understandable. God understands that life can be hard, that stuff comes up. I mean, he, he, he says that we're to expect trouble. Uh, in this life, and he's not expecting us to ignore these things. Um, he's a compassionate father who kind of he gets where we come from. He understands where we are. But in Jesus, in Jesus, we have a King who identifies with us in our suffering, um, who suffered <laughs> more than we can probably understand, who identifies with us in our temptations, who knows what it is to be despised and rejected. He doesn't leave us where we are, but actually. You know, when we're weak, he is strong. It says we're only able to truly love because he first loved us. And if he's calling us to lay our lives down, which he is, um, it's only because he did it first. <laughs> you know, um, he is so, so good. Um, and in fact, you know, he, he made us to be worshippers. As a loving God, he made us to be worshippers. Um, so in his mercy, he designed it for us to find our full expression, fullest expression in life, to stand before him, like, accepted, delighted in, and ministering to him in thanksgiving, praise, and worship. That's what he designed us for. He, he is love. Everything he does is motivated by love. And he created us to be worshippers. Therefore, there must be an effect that worship has on us because he's a good dad and he knows what's best for us. Um, so actually, when we worship, what we're doing is we're, we're beholding him. Um, we're just standing before him, like seeing him for who he is. And we all know that like, if you hang around with a certain type of person, you kind of end up becoming like them a little bit. It's kind of a bit like that, I think. Like when you hang around with God, when you actually spend time looking at him, you become a lot more like him. And I think it's a bit more powerful than the whole uh, peer pressure thing because actually Holy Spirit's involved as well. So when we're in his presence... Um, he actually transforms us uh, from one degree of glory to another, it says. Uh, so we're already a degree of glory, which is pretty good. Um, so how, how I want to live to learn from that place um, of beholding him. 
uh, I, I say it, I say it quite often. Actually, this is one of my things that I say: is that uh, when I choose to worship Him, it's never a bad idea. Like I honestly cannot remember a time when I've thought I'm going to worship God and regretted it. <laughs> it just doesn't happen. Um, I've made a lot of bad decisions in my life, but that has never been one of them. Um, but often, like, it's weird. For something that has a 100% record of being good, how hard it is to choose to do it. <laughs> like, there's some, like, invisible barrier. Um, you know, we are in a battle. We, we know that, and there's lies and stuff that come. Uh, but how much better would my life be if I made that decision to, like, choose the thing that I know to be good for me uh, more often. And I just know, like, I, I would wager, I'm not a gambling man, but I would wager that it would be brilliant for our lives if we just made that decision a bit more often to, like, rather than receive the, you know, the Netflix thing, watch the 11th episode of the American office in a row, uh, or friends, you know, this is my generation. Um, but actually when I choose to behold him, something incredible happens and I become more like him and, you know, things get lifted off us. It's actually uh, incredible. And it doesn't just stop there. So uh, when we worship him, you know, if you're an evangelist or a teacher or something like that, you might be thinking, what about the rest of the stuff that you're not doing when you're just like in a room? (laughs) Um, But actually, he shares his heart with us when when we worship him. Because we become more like him, we actually get a little bit more of what he's passionate for. Um, so actually that ministry to him and worshipping him is probably, I would say, the, the fundamental one. And if we do, if we manage to get that right, all the others like ministry to the lost and to the church and everything kind of flourishes as we do that. Um, as we behold him, we become more like him. Uh, and it's, it's basically why we've been doing these like worship evenings, worship and prayer evenings on a Saturday night, because we, we know that like, all our own plans come to nothing if it's not from him. Um, actually, we want to start with him. Um, and as we've done that, as we've worshipped, he does change our hearts. I actually, I care a lot more about you guys after I've worshipped, I'll be honest. <laughs> like, I care a lot more about the people around me after I've worshipped um, because he loves you and that's his heart. His heart is for the lost, for the broken, for the dying, for the hurting. That's who he is. We're not ignoring that when we worship. Actually, what we're doing is receiving his heart um, for those people as we fix our eyes on him. So that's, like Joe said, that's why we're going to carry on doing that um, and we're going to keep going through the month of February. So I, I'm personally inviting each one of you to come and join us, even uh, if you just want to sit in the corner. That's absolutely fine. Um, if you're one of those people that's disappointed when worship ends on a Sunday, then it's brilliant because we just keep going and you'll just be disappointed when worship ends after two and a half hours rather than uh, <laughs> rather than half an hour. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, do come and see what God's doing among us on those evenings. So yeah, that's that's pretty much the why covered, and I've pretty much used all my time. Uh, so, um, what does worship look like? A life of worship look like? I mean, like I said, it probably looks completely different to every one of us, to be honest with you. Um, but it does like having like living a life where our treasure is in Him. It looks like having a life where we 
we believe what he said. It looks like holding much more lightly onto the like stuff that is around us and holding more tightly onto him. It looks like uh, believing in and acting on his word. It looks like living a life of love. It looks like loving God, loving others, loving ourselves. It looks like so much, which again, just might seem like too much. <laughs> so if that feels like too much, then to be honest for you this morning, it looks like choosing to behold him. Um, because as we behold him, like I said, he transforms us. So it's not like we need to come to that place as like a, a raging inferno of passion. But if you kind of, if you want to be a raging inferno of passion, and that's as far as you've got, but you're not there yet, then actually that's a good place to be. Um, because God wants to move your heart. He wants to uh, breathe on the, the coals um, and just really fan our passion for him into flame this morning. There's a another good verse that I think kind of summarizes what it, what it looks like a little bit in Hebrews 12, uh, verses 1 and 2, which says, Therefore, since we're surrounded by great, such a great cloud of witnesses, let us, let us throw off everything that hinders the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. <laughs> in, so much in, in there, like, he wants us to throw off everything that's hindering us. I mean, stuff does get in the way. He wants us to get rid of the sin that we've been living in. Like, that's not his, his purpose for our life. His purpose for us is to walk in freedom. But it does look like persevering. If any of you have tried jogging, it, like, it takes perseverance. The number of times you want to stop running, it's, like, it's pretty consistent. But actually, he's, call, he's called us to persevere and to run this race and to fix our eyes on Jesus. So, the challenge the challenge that I've felt like probably for quite a lot of my recent years, to be honest, um, and that I've been feeling again of, of late, is the challenge to leave lukewarm behind, to leave like that's nothing. Like, what if I believed the things that I said this morning? Like, what if I believed? I don't think lukewarm is a possibility for me if I actually believed those things. Um, so the challenge yeah, is to to make that choice to step towards him, to fix our eyes on him and to choose to lay our lives down before him. And he's so gracious and kind and he comes and he, he does the rest um, as we do that. So, yeah, I'm generously sharing that challenge with you this morning. Um, it's just a small thing of basically giving our lives once again to Jesus. Um, in summary... That's what it is. That's what we're here for. That's what we were created for. Um, we don't want to be half in. Like, I don't want to be half in anymore. It just doesn't work. It doesn't feel good. Um, I want to be fully in. I want to be a living sacrifice um, who picks up his cross daily, not just once a week or twice a week if you're lucky, but actually um, a lifetime thing. Um, so, yeah. Um, I think we'll maybe spend a bit of time responding now. We've got 10 minutes. Um, I'm going to take the advantage of having Mr. Higginson around and he's going to come and play the, the piano for us. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so maybe if we, we stand, we've got, we've got 10 minutes, we're going to pray a little bit and then maybe sing a little bit. And uh, if you'd like to join me in offering our lives again to God, that's what we're going to do. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a fairly simple but significant uh, thing. Uh, he's calling us to throw off everything that hinders uh, the sin that so easily entangles and to fix our eyes on Jesus. He's calling us to turn away from compromise, from that lukewarm life, from the lesser lovers of this world, from uh, all the stuff. Um, he's calling us to look again at him, actually. Um, Jesus said, this is eternal life, that they would know me and the one who sent me. <laughs> mm. It's it's the spirit who gives life. <laughs> so, yeah, just stand maybe uh, where you are. And uh, if you want to do that, if you want to just like recommit actually to to leaving the lukewarm behind, uh, then why don't you just put your hand on your chest and uh, we're going to pray. Father God, Father God, <laughs> we thank you. We thank you for all that you've done for us. We thank you that you don't leave us where we are. We thank you for your kindness, for your mercy, for your grace. God, we thank you that you laid down your life for us. <laughs> That's how much you love us. That's how much you wanted to be with us, is that you came as a human, made yourself nothing, and laid down your life for us that we <laughs> might get to be with you, that you would embrace us where we are. So God, we're here in this place this morning, just wanting to turn back to you to put you back to where you deserve to be God to where you deserve to be Father Jesus Holy Spirit you deserve our everything you're our number one and we just say Father where that hasn't been the case Lord we repent we we use that beautiful word to repent to turn around to align ourselves back to to the direction that you're pointing father we turn away from those lies the lies that don't give life and we say father we're sorry where we've uh where we've leaned on the wrong thing where we've trusted in the wrong stuff god where we where we could have leaned into you and we haven't lord we're sorry but this morning lord we choose to receive your forgiveness for your mercy for your kindness we choose to receive you again. We choose to fix our eyes again on you, Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. We choose to fix our eyes on you, God. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, and we choose, we choose you. I, I think there's a, he wants to bless us. He wants, to, wants us to receive his love again afresh this morning. So Holy Spirit, we just invite you to come. We invite you to come, each person, Lord, that we would know again 
your love. <laughs> your love that surpasses all understanding, that is big enough for every situation, that doesn't change, that is steadfast, that is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We just choose to <laughs> receive your love, God. Thank you, Jesus.